I love using the analogy or the idea of when you drive past a billboard, you don't get to talk to that company, right? And that company doesn't get to talk to you. And that's actually a mistake that I see a lot of small business owners and entrepreneurs making on social media. They're only doing the posting side of things. They're only saying, hey, buy my stuff or hey, experience my service or experience my product. They're not doing the grunt work, I guess, is probably how they view it. They're not doing the grunt work of going and engaging with their prospective customers or with their current customers on their platforms. Are you tired of stressing out about your marketing? Wondering how to boost your online presence, attract more clients, and become a go-to expert in your field? You're in the right place. Welcome to the Marketing Chat Podcast. I'm Kelly. I'm a marketing strategist, podcast coach, and the best-selling author of the Podcast Launch Playbook. I'm here to help you get moving with your marketing with way less stress and way more fun. Today, I'm interviewing Hannah Acosta about developing a social media strategy. Now, I've done a few episodes on social media over the past several months because social media can be so overwhelming. I mean, there's so many things to consider and keep up with that it it's no surprise that it's overwhelming. I mean, the rules are changing all the time. The algorithms change. We have questions about how often we need to post, what kind of content we need to post, how much content is too much, how much content is too little, what about hashtags, what about keywords. It's it's just overwhelming. So in this episode, Hannah and I talk about the top mistakes people make on social media, why it's so important to have a social media strategy, and how you can create a social media strategy. So one of the things that I want to stress right now is something that Hannah brings up, and that is she describes it as posting on social media what feels like a billboard. So you just post something like, hey, look at this podcast episode, or hey, look at what I just did. You know, look at this book I just published. Look at um, my new service. Hey, here's this promotion. I mean, that that's sort of a different kind of, of content, of course, but it's just this announcement and that's it. And then you sit back and wait. And that doesn't do a whole lot for you. What you really need to do is you're going for engagement. You want your followers to engage with you, to answer a question. So yes, you want them to like, but what you really want are comments. You want more follows. You want people to interact with you. You'd love people to direct message you, you know, or and email you and buy from you. But let's just stick with social media right now. And let me focus on Instagram, for example. So when you post something, you may want to ask a question so that they'll answer in the comments. Or you could say, DM me for more information. But you also want to get off of your own account. You want to get off of your own page. So you need to go and follow other people's accounts and like them 
And beyond that, you need to comment. You need to watch what they are showing their videos. You need to listen to their audiograms, their sound bites. You need to read what they're actually posting, scroll through, scroll through their multi-photo posts, consume their content and give thoughtful comments because that's making a connection with them, with the other creators, but then also their followers followers will read what you wrote. If they like what you wrote or they're intrigued by it, they'll go check you out and they could become followers of yours. So that's what social media is for. It's not just for sitting back and watching, observing. It's for engaging. You want people to lean in and actually engage with you. And to do that, you have to make the first move. You have to engage with them and invite them into your world to engage with you. So go ahead and post. It's okay to do a billboard occasionally, right? But you also need to make posts that are inviting engagement. So like I said, asking questions or inviting people to DM you and absolutely essential, leave your page and venture onto other people's, read them, watch them, listen to them and make thoughtful comments. Could even ask questions there too, but especially leave thoughtful comments, not self-promotion, okay? You're not promoting yourself there directly. You are making comments to support the original poster. And when people like what you say, then they may come check you out. All right. So it's supporting each other. And then when you're very thoughtful and write something that people enjoy reading, then people go check you out. So it's not all about, oh, hey. I've got a service just like yours. Come check it out. No. Like, hey, congratulations. That's awesome if someone's sharing a service. And when someone asks a question, hey, what do you do systems-wise to run your business? Then answer that. Then that's the type of engagement that people will really love to see. Okay. So this is an awesome interview Hannah gives really, really great suggestions on how to create your own social media strategy. And it really, really is essential. Okay. There's a lot that goes into a strategy. It's going to take you a little bit of time, but it is essential that you do it. You can't just, as Hannah says, throw spaghetti at the wall and hope something sticks. There is a method and you need to be methodical about it. Okay, so listen to the interview. I hope you enjoy it, and I'll see you again soon. Today, my guest, Hannah Acosta, and I are talking about developing a social media strategy that is virtually guaranteed to deliver results. Hannah is the leader of the social media department at Ugly Mug Marketing. Over the past four years, Hannah has grown her department by over 340% and has worked alongside hundreds of small business owners and entrepreneurs as they navigate the ever-changing digital marketing landscape. 
After launching more than 4,000 social media campaigns, Hannah has had a front row seat to the challenges and rewards faced by marketers today. From private clients to social media masterclasses, Hannah brings her expertise and energy as she teaches clients how to use social media to scale their businesses, generate leads, and achieve results. Welcome, Hannah. I am so happy to have you here today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm thrilled to be here. Absolutely. So, so many entrepreneurs and small business owners are hesitant to get onto social media. And I've seen a bunch just not even get on at all. Why do you think that is? I think people are entering into a time, I think our world is entering into a time where social media feels a little bit like the bad guy, right? It feels like it's robbing us of precious moments with our family. It's robbing us of our time. We can't keep up with all of the changes that are happening with the algorithm on Instagram and Facebook and on TikTok, on all of the platforms, really. And they change so frequently that again, it's, it's just hard to keep up and people don't want to bother with it. They don't want to take the time to learn and invest in something that feels like it's going to change tomorrow, or it's going to change next week or next month. And they're going to have to, again, take more time and energy to learn whatever the new ways or methods are for that platform. That's true. And I think it's a real mistake to stay off of social media completely, don't you? I completely agree. Social media is our opportunity as small business owners and entrepreneurs to actually engage with our prospective customers and our current customers, right? It's an opportunity to actually have a back and forth conversation. I love using the analogy or the idea of when you drive past a billboard, you don't get to talk to that company, right? And that company doesn't get to talk to you. And that's actually a mistake that I see a lot of small business owners and entrepreneurs making on social media. They're only doing the posting side of things. They're only saying, hey, buy my stuff or, hey, experience my service or experience my product. They're not doing the grunt work, I guess, is probably how they view it. They're not doing the grunt work of going and engaging with their prospective customers or with their current customers on their platforms. And there's a huge benefit to taking the time to saying, you know what? Uh, these customers, it would actually be great if I went and commented and engaged with them on their posts and on their content, even if it has nothing to do with my business. It makes people or our customers or our prospective customers feel special. It makes them feel like, hey, they really care about me outside of me buying their product or coming into their store or dining in at their restaurant, right? It's this added touch and it gives people more buy-in and creates more brand loyalty when we take that additional time and effort to go and hang out where they're hanging out instead of just spending time on our business pages. Right. Oh my gosh. Absolutely. Okay. Huge, huge mistake that people made make. Let's back up though. And I want to ask you about some of the benefits of being on social media. So can you tell us about some of those first, please? Because even for people who are already on social media, I think when they get really overwhelmed by it and doing all the grunt work, let's put out a reminder about why you need to be on social media and why you need to stick with it. And when you get to it in a bit, 
have a really strong strategy for doing it well. Yes. If you go and look at the statistics of what platforms people are spending their time on, you can see there are some platforms that are still growing. You can see that depending on your business, that your target audience and demographic is still spending time on these platforms. And so it's a missed opportunity to not be hanging out there, right? So a benefit is quick access to your target audience. You don't have to be on a billboard. You don't have to be on radio or on television or be a Spotify ad or a Hulu ad, right? Those things take a lot of bigger resources and bigger resources. I mean, money, right? Social media is free. That's another huge benefit. Anyone can go and create a Facebook business page. Anyone can go and create a TikTok account or create an Instagram account or LinkedIn account, YouTube, you name it, you can do it. Right. And even when it comes to photos and videography, those don't have to be done by professionals either. That can be free, you know, for you outside of your time, right? It does right. take your cost your time. But as far as monetary, it, it's free to use your iPhone. Oh my gosh, iPhones take remarkably beautiful photos these days. You can shoot in 4K on your iPhone and you can quickly edit using the templates feature on Instagram reels and just add some text on there and photos. And in a matter of five to 10 minutes, you can have something that looks like it was professionally created simply by shooting on your iPhone and using images that you've taken, you know, in your home or just in your store. And I think there is a beauty in our access and being able to do that. Right. So yeah. it's free. It's quick access to our people and you can still look and create professional looking content just with your iPhone, which again is also free. Um, it's amazing. So, yeah. yeah. And, and like, and, and how you can end up looking so professional. And I know people get overwhelmed with that. It's like, I don't know what to do. It's so complicated. I go in and what do all these buttons mean with the reels? There's so many tutorials out there. For, for what to do. You can follow people on Instagram who will teach you what to do and go look up tutorials on YouTube. And I know that's a lot of work, but I figured it out. And, and the first time I opened up Reels, I really was like, oh my God, you know, the little icons, they're kind of self-explanatory, but then it's like, okay, what is this little thing? Oh, it's a sticker. And what are the options? Like, oh my Lord, there's so many. (laughs) And it's sometimes it's like, you know how you go into a store and you're like, I feel like buying some chips. And it's like, I don't need this many options, but yeah, you know, so it's like with the stickers, but it's, it's nice. You know, you can't, you can figure it out. Yes. And especially with the latest templates feature in Instagram reels. I mean, before, yeah, you would go into reels and you were like, I am not a professional videographer. I do not know how to cut down clips and do this, that, and the other and add the music. But there's this really awesome feature that as you're scrolling through Instagram reels, some of them have a button that say template. And when you click on template, all you have to do is swap out the videos that currently exist with your video clips or your images and boom, just like that, write your caption and add your hashtags. They've made it so easy for those of us who might be a little intimidated and also might be wearing a ton of different hats in our business, right? You know, I, I work with small business owners and entrepreneurs. They're like, I don't have time to be a videographer and a photo editor and the head 
head of social media and the head of finance and the uh, official face of my business. I mean, there's so many different things that we're doing, right? And so these little shortcuts or things that we can, action steps that we can take to make it easier for us to still show up well for our people. Um, those are, those are massive benefits to us and wow. utilizing social media. Absolutely. Yeah. The Instagram templates for reels, it's almost like Canva, you know, of, of <laughs> which reels. we love yeah. Canva. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, totally. So, okay. So now let's get into some of the biggest mistakes that people make on social media. So you already said not engaging with other people's accounts. And that really is huge because I love the billboard analogy that it's so easy to go on post something like, and, and I was so guilty of this early on. So I go onto other people's accounts and I comment, you know, I watched and listened to the, their audiograms. I will watch their reels and I leave comments. Yes. It's so important to do it. It shows that I care that I'm listening. I'm paying attention and I end up getting followers that way and make connections. I've gotten podcast guests that way. Yeah. It's remarkable what happens when you just take a step outside of your page. There, there are an abundance of opportunities once you just leave your own personal business page. But a couple of other mistakes that, is that what we're talking about, right? Mistakes? Yes, mistakes. <laughs> Did I jump yes. around? Okay. A couple other, I know. I was like, wait, where are we? Okay. <laughs> mistakes. Other mistakes that people make is they try to be on too many platforms. Mm-hmm. They're trying to be on Instagram and on Twitter and on TikTok and on Snapchat. They're trying to show up in too many places. And what happens is then you have a Twitter account that hasn't, it's still active, but you haven't shown up on there in a couple of months. And so your business looks out of date or like you don't keep up with your accounts, or maybe you've got, you know, a bunch of tweets at you that you just never responded to. And then that looks bad, right? Mm. Pick however many channels that feel realistic for you to be able to keep up with. But a better way to choose the channels that you're going to show up on or platforms is where is your target audience hanging out? Know exactly who your customer avatar is. Now, some business owners they say, my business is for a wide variety of different people. We're for people, I had a client that when we first started with them, bless their heart, they said 16 to 65 and up, we serve everybody. And I was like, but you don't. Who are the majority of people that are coming in to your shop? They were a vehicle accessories and window tinting uh, business. And I was like, but who are the majority of people that are coming into the shop? Who are the majority of people demographic wise that are picking up the phone and calling and scheduling these appointments and coming and picking up their cars? Who are those people? Because that age range is really who has the money and the resources to come and buy your product or experience your service. And so I don't want to spend time. Here's how that translates. I don't want to spend time on TikTok with people who are between the ages primarily of 13 to 25, if the majority of people who show up in my store and experience my product or service are really between the ages of 35 and 55. I don't need to be spending time on TikTok. I'm not saying that there aren't people who are between the ages of 35 and 55 on TikTok. There certainly are. But if you were to look at the majority of people who are spending their time on TikTok and going and looking at resources like statista.com, where you can see all of those demographics and facts and figures about who really is on these platforms 
or who really are on these platforms, then that can help you make those educated decisions. So don't try to be all things to all people really hone in on who that target market is and use that to guide you and help you make a decision on which platforms you need to show up on. That's excellent. And honing in on that ideal client, your ideal target audience, doesn't mean that you'll say no to people who fall outside of it. So yeah, the window tinting. So your ideal target audience is 35 to 40. I forget exactly what you said. doesn't mean you're going to say no to a 25 year old or a 50 year old. It just means that you, your advertising, you know, your posts are going to be geared toward that specific age range and and that demographic, however much you've narrowed it, you know, maybe it's more men than women. Maybe it's, you know, and, and possibly even more narrow than that. If you're really focused in on it. Exactly. Yeah. And one thing that people get really hung up on when I talk about customer avatar is they're like, but we aren't just serving one type of person. And I say, that's okay. You might have two to three different avatars for your business. Another client of ours is a pizza place and everybody loves pizza, right? Come on. But some of our, one of our avatars is a family or a mom, right? Who we're trying to target and say, hey, we know you're busy, school's back in session, sports season's in play, you're driving kids to dance, you're picking them up from school, you're doing this, that, or the other, you're sitting in the carpool line, you know, thinking about how you're going to make dinner in the 30 minutes that everyone's home and can sit around the table. Hey, why don't you come to Wildwood Pizza and grab something on the go on this Monday night? Or, you know, so we're talking specifically and crafting messaging specifically to that person. If we couldn't talk specifically to that mom in the carpool line or that stay at home dad, then our message is just going to get lost with all the other pizza places, right? We're going to sound, we're going to sound like Papa John's and we're going to sound like little Caesars and all these other, you know, bigger players on the market that are talking to a bigger audience. We want to really talk personally to our customers. And it really goes a long ways because when they're reading your ad or when they see the picture of the family sitting around the table at Wildwood Pizza, that feels like more of a connection. People buy from people who look like them. And I'm not just talking about, you know, physical appearance. I only buy from companies that advertise with girls who are Hispanic and have brown hair. That's not what I'm talking about, but just other families, other working moms, other, you know, other entrepreneurs, you know, we want to make sure that we're highlighting those people in our advertisements so that we can speak to directly to them and, and really hook them in so that they want to experience our product or service. Absolutely. Though the diversity and inclusion absolutely help. Yes, y'all, it really, y'all pay attention to that. It does. It absolutely does help because people want to relate to who they see in your images and they want to relate to the people that you're featuring in your iPhone videos, right? Yes. They want to feel that connection. They want to feel like when they walk into your restaurant, they belong there, yes. right? And, and that's so important. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So were there any other big mistakes that you want to cover? We did uh, engagement. Not, oh, well, the mistake was not engaging and the mistake yeah. was saying, oh, everyone can use my service. You know, yeah, um, yeah I appeal to everyone, uh, which means you really I, appeal to no one. Exactly. <laughs> I think too, people don't have a goal. 
associated with their social media, or they don't relate their goal for their business in that quarter or that year or that month back to their social media pages. They're just kind of throwing spaghetti at the wall. And we're going to talk about this when we get to strategy. They're just throwing spaghetti at the wall and they're seeing what sticks. They're not being intentional about saying, hey, is this post going to help me or is this series of posts or is this ad that I'm investing $100 in this month on Facebook, is this actually going to help me accomplish my goal for my business this quarter, which is to grow by 25% year over year? Right. If it's not helping you reach that goal, if you cannot connect the dots back to it, then you probably shouldn't be sharing that piece of content. Hmm. It needs to have a purpose. We can't just be posting to post. We can't just be posting seven times a day because we see Joe Schmo's business down the road posting seven times a day. There needs to be a level of intentionality and a level of consistency with it as well. Consistency does not mean perfect. Okay. That does not mean I post every Monday at two o'clock. That just means, Hey, I've committed to posting every Monday at Mm -hmm. some point. Okay. But I'm going to post every Monday. Um, Consistency creates miracles. I really believe that. That's great. Oh my gosh. Consistency creates miracles. Love that. Haven't heard it phrased like that before. That's awesome. Okay. So those are really great. Three big mistakes people make. All right. So let's get into strategy. Why do people need a social media strategy? If you don't have a strategy on social media, you'll never know if it's working, right? You'll never know if you don't have that goal in mind, and you don't have that plan in place, again, spaghetti at the wall. We'll just be guessing, right? We need to have a plan and a strategy in place so that we know where we're going, so that we actually have something to shift and pivot from or to in times of maybe stress in your business or times where you need a little bit, you need to amp things up a little bit more, or you're looking to grow, or you want to invest more in ads. You want to invest in the ads based on what organic content has been working, right? Or maybe some lower level ads, something that you've just put $25 behind Mm -hmm. in the past or something that you've done on Instagram stories that's really resonated and gotten a lot of reactions or DMs from people. Those are the things that we want to focus on and include in our strategy. Mm -hmm. But the thing that happens with strategy is people get tactics and strategy mixed up. So strategy without tactics leads to paralysis by analysis, but tactics without strategy leads to magic bull and mentality. So if we think about strategy without tactics, we're going to be looking at our big plan, right? And we're going to be saying, oh my gosh, there's so many different things that we could do. And we're going to focus so much time on mapping out the perfect plan, right? That we'll we'll just start analyzing and overanalyzing things. And again, paralysis by analysis will just naturally occur if we're just focused on that big picture. But tactics without the strategy leading to magical mentality is essentially saying, okay, I'm going to go on Facebook and I'm going to post a bunch. And then it's going to work and people are going to come and show up at my restaurant or they're going to end up on my online store and buy all my things, right? No, that's really not how it works. If you build it, they will come. No, that's not, that's not how it works at all. Or we always say, you know, people launch their first Facebook ad and then they set it and forget it. They start the ad, they put a hundred dollars behind it, or they boost that post on their page and they say, oh, yes, 
please, Facebook gods, <laughs> send me all of these people to my page or send these people to my website and purchase my product. They don't actually study what's happening. Mm. Are a lot of people ending up on your website? Are there actually a lot of clicks or a lot of leads coming through? What is it about this ad that is working or is not working? Do I need to change the creative on this ad? They get so focused again on that one tactic and they forget about that bigger picture. Um, and, and that's really important is that kind of overall big picture, but the tactics that are, are going to help you accomplish that desired outcome and that goal. Absolutely. But it's so difficult for most people to sit down and come up with a strategy, whether they are a small business with employees and, you know, trying to work in a team or they have hired a consultant. Now a consultant, you know, would take over. I mean, they yeah. still have to work with the business owner and, and get their input and buy-in. But especially if you're a solo entrepreneur sitting down, it's like, oh my God, where do I start? You know, <laughs> the, this is a big deal and it yeah. feels overwhelming, right? Yes. So overwhelming. And I, sit down with business owners all the time. And they are just like, I know I should be on Instagram. I know I should be on Facebook. I know I should be emailing or engaging in that way too, or building an email list, but I just don't even know where to start. It is just so overwhelming. There are so many different tactics that it's hard to put them all together in that cohesive strategy. Yeah. So I have a few different steps that I walk right. through with our consulting clients in order to help them begin to develop that strategy. I first want them to consider what their challenge is. So what are the challenges that they are facing in their business right now? What are those desired outcomes um, that they're after? And what's the gap between the challenge and that ideal outcome, that growth that they want to see in their business, those new customers that they want to bring in? How do we, you know, the gap is how we get there, but what is that ideal outcome? Then we talk about what are the assets that our business has? Because we want to hype we want to hype them up, right? We want to say your business has so many wonderful assets. And what are those assets? And they all of a sudden they're like, we have no assets. There's, oh. nothing, there's nothing we're bringing to the table. I'm like, oh. there's so many things you're bringing to the table. Number one is your Facebook page. If you already have a following, those people who already like your page, those are an asset to your business, right? Your Instagram account or any other social media channels, those are an asset to your business. The budget that you have available to to be able to spend on social media or to be able to spend on marketing, that is an asset. Existing customers, mm -hmm. even if you just have five existing customers, then those people are still assets to your business, right? They've already yeah. shopped with you. They already know you, like you, and trust you. Yeah. Your Facebook audience, money, again, website traffic. If you're someone who already has a really healthy email list, these are assets that your company is bringing to the table. Yeah. So the next thing we want to look at is come back to those outcomes. What is it that I'm trying to accomplish? And how can I overcome my challenges and utilizing my assets to actually get to that de desired outcome? The next phase is reasons. What are the reasons that someone should want to purchase my product mm. or come and dine in at my restaurant or come to my spa and experience our amazing services that we offer? 
we have to be willing to get into the mind of the customer. A lot of mistakes that people make in this step are they are thinking about the reasons why they think they're so great. Yes. What are the reasons that the customers, even if it's just five, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) those five customers, or maybe those 50 customers or 500 customers, why have they chosen to trust you and invest in your company and spend money with you. Okay. Those are the true reasons of why your company is so great or why someone else who looks like them, you know, in quotes, air quotes, someone who looks like them. What is another reason that another family or another mom or another entrepreneur um, or another doctor or nurse is going to want to come in and experience your product or service? Yeah. Then from there, we go into developing and most importantly, monitoring. Mm. So developing our plan of action. This is where we start implementing or taking some of those tactics. Okay, I have a MailChimp account where I can set up a MailChimp account for free. That can become an asset to my business. So what is my goal with MailChimp? I want to grow my list and I want to start sending out a monthly newsletter, sharing something personal, something educational so that they see value in it, but also maybe including some sort of PS to make it a sale as well, right? So I'm going to commit to doing that. That's going to be part of my strategy. Well, I'm going to replicate some of that content, you know, just because I send it in an email doesn't mean I can't utilize it anywhere else. Right. So how can I take that educational content and also share it on my Facebook or on my Instagram? Hey, my goal is going to be to post at least three times um, on Instagram per week. And I'm going to take that same content and I'm going to put it on Facebook as well so that I don't, I can cross post. I don't have to reinvent the wheel on each one of these platforms, right? I can, I can, I can cross promote that content. Okay, great. So then plotting out, okay, I'm going to post every Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Maybe there are some different themes or there are some different buckets of types of content. Maybe on Mondays, we stick to educational. Maybe on Wednesdays, we highlight a service or a product that we sell in our spa. We talk about something, you know, a little more salesy, right? We're trying to call, there's a call to action. And then Maybe on Fridays, we say, hey, we're going to spotlight an employee that works Mm. for us to add that personal touch, or we're going to spotlight a customer or a testimonial also. And so now I've got my buckets. I have committed to posting three times a week. I can cross promote the Mm -hmm. same content that I've got on Facebook, on my Instagram, or on my LinkedIn. And then I can take whatever content is resonating the best and maybe utilize that in my monthly email that I'm going to send out for the following month. Right. So we can kind of say, all right, now this is more strategic. I'm thinking intentionally about my goal too. So what is that ideal outcome? My ideal outcome is to get more people into my spa. So how can I do that? When we're thinking about those types of posts or those educational content. Okay. I'm, I'm educating people. And so I'm positioning myself as the expert, right? I'm an expert massage therapist. I'm an expert at doing facials or helping people with acne treatments or with anti-aging treatments, right? Positioning yourself as an expert. I'm highlighting my customers that already know, like, and trust me so that I can potentially attract more people who look like those customers as well. Mm -hmm. Right. And then obviously that call to action, we want them to take action. So after we've nurtured them in that relationship, maybe on one of those Wednesday posts, they're going to be like, you know what? Yes. 
that this is amazing. I do deserve a facial. I do yeah. need to go in and get a massage. And they're going to click that book now button. Yeah. But we're also taking them from the platform, right, of Facebook and Instagram, trying to get them on that mailing list as yeah. well. And that's where, you know, something maybe a little more technical, like a lead generation campaign mm. on Facebook of taking those people and saying, hey, join my newsletter list, you know, get sign up for our spa club where you get exclusive offers and behind the scenes information or discounts on, you know, uh, the products that we utilize in the spa. There's tons of different ways that you could go with that. But those are all the tactics that could be a part of that developing component of your strategy. But the most important part is monitoring. Again, we can't set it and forget it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and so we have to monitor those campaigns or be watching closely those posts. This post got a ton of engagement. We were talking about massages, but facials, not so much. So maybe mm -hmm. our audience is more interested in massages. How can mm -hmm. we amplify that? Can we have some sort of massage package now that we create for our, for our spa or, mm -hmm. Can we uh, give a little bit more of a behind the scenes of, you know, what happens when you get a massage or tips for post-massage care? You know, they always say, drink a ton of water. Don't do anything too strenuous yeah, <laughs> because yeah. you're likely going to be a little sore after your massage. Yeah. Um, so different, different things like that. It's important to monitor so that you can pivot and adjust your strategy each mm -hmm. month as needed. That's awesome. Yeah. And with that one about amplifying posts that have done well or content that has done well, you know, I've heard some people or, you know, clients say, yeah, but I want to really promote this thing and not just this one that's doing well. It's like, but your audience is telling you what they want. So yes. you really need to listen. Yes. And that's actually a mistake that people make too on social media. Well, just in business, I feel like that's just in business in yes. general. They're like, but we really want it to be this thing. I'm like, but your people really love this. Yeah. And you could take your business from, you know, X amount of dollars in revenue to hear if you would just like expose that a little bit more, if you would hyper-focus on that for a little while longer and really listen to your people, not enough businesses are, and entrepreneurs are listening to what their customers are telling you. They're not paying attention to those markers on what, what are most people coming in and booking for or what menu item are the majority of people eating, you know, on our menu? Is there something that yeah. we should take off and we're wasting money by mm -hmm. investing in that continually? We need to, we need to be willing to listen to our customers. Analytics are so important in every area of your business. And so like you just mentioned a restaurant, you know, keeping track of how many items on the menu get ordered. That's an excellent way to gauge that. And social media is also fabulous for, for listening, you know, social listening and yeah. keeping track of those stats weekly and monthly and looking at them over the year as well. I, I track things weekly and then add up all the stats at the end of the month and at the end of the year. Yeah. And it's remarkable too, when you stay consistent, because although your content might be changing, you're still posting twice a week, or you're mm -hmm. still investing the same amount of money in ads. And it's very easy to compare this worked, this didn't work yeah. more engagement this month, less engagement that month. 
why was that? What did we share? What were people right. hooking on to? That can be a huge yeah. benefit to going back and looking at all of the, that data. And, and that's the fun part, I think. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Statistics, you know, the analytics at first, you know, can, can seem boring and you know, go, oh, yuck, you know, who likes stats? But, you know, you're not doing, a, uh, you know, a standard deviation curve and all of that. So <laughs> no. it's just keeping track and comparing last week to this or this week to last week and, you know, so on. And it's actually really fun. You know, it's depressing if the numbers go down a little bit, but then you look at the curve over time and, you know, it, it's, it's actually really fun. So I highly recommend monitoring as, you know, as, as you just said, Anna, you have to do it. So, yeah. So is there anything I didn't ask you that you would like to add before we close out here? Gosh, I feel like we covered so much. Um, there's just great. some, yeah, there's some great, tools that are out there as you're, as you're working on creating your strategy and maybe setting up some level of automations or, Mm. you know, so that you can, can keep things going without you having to do the busy work. Right. So, you know, I know that we mentioned Canva very briefly, but we Mm -hmm. love utilizing Canva in our office. It's so user-friendly and I recommend it to even my consulting clients too, especially those that are in the nonprofit space, because it's free. It's totally free. You can get Canva pro, uh, for free if you are in the nonprofit world, but yes, that's so great. you don't have to pay that. that $12 or $12.99 a month. You can get mm-hmm. it for free, which is great. Uh, but it, it has so many templates. So if you're yeah. someone who's like, Hey, I really struggle with the creativity part. Um, it's going to be a great resource for you there because you can easily go in, upload your logo, change the colors to match your brand, a- upload your font, even if you want to. Mm-hmm. And you would be amazed. Some people see these graphics and they're like, oh, you must have hired a professional graphic designer and these are created in, in design. And it's like, no, this was yeah. all created in Canva. And yeah. Canva is can be utilized for more than just your Facebook graphics or videos. You can also utilize it for larger print materials as Mm -hmm. well. If you're doing business cards or you need letterhead or flyers or menus for your, for your restaurant, you can do all of that in Canva. And I think that's a great resource, a more advanced, I would think resource for you might be, um, MailChimp. If you don't already have an email marketing system, but I think MailChimp is so user friendly Mm -hmm. and it's free for the first 2000 subscribers. There may be some of those more advanced features that aren't available in the free version, but that's my personal plug, Mm -hmm. not sponsored, but that's my free plug for MailChimp. Um, I think they're really great. And anytime we have someone that's just getting started on email marketing, I always point them in the direction of MailChimp. Now, the last one would be Zapier. So once you start getting into, Hey, I want to automate some of these processes in my business, or, Hey, I've started running lead generation ads on Facebook or on Instagram, and I need my lead to get added to my CRM or to a spreadsheet. You can utilize Zapier to connect that lead to your Google sheet or to your MailChimp account or to your Salesforce or Entreport account. Um, There are tons of different connections that Zapier can make in order to eliminate some of that busy work of having to go into Facebook down load the lead or even sending emails to your current prospects. You Mm. can set all of that up to automatically flow and funnel that way too. So those would just be some tools that can help you as you're creating your strategy and putting your plan into action. Fabulous. Thank you for those. All great. 
Awesome. So how can people find you if they wanted to get more information or work with you? Yes, they can visit us at uglymugmarketing.com and fill out our contact form there. But of course, they can find us uh, on Instagram and on Facebook at Ugly Mug Marketing. And if you want to connect with me personally, you can find me on LinkedIn, Hannah Acosta, or you can shoot me an email, Hannah at uglymugmarketing.com, and I'd be happy to connect with you there as well. Awesome. Thank you so much. I will put all of those links in the show notes and on this episode's page on my website. Really appreciate that. Great. Thank you so much. Absolutely. Thank you so much for being here today. This was fantastic. I love all of your tips and and how to develop a strategy. And it's so important about the mistakes that people make. So, and they're all understandable. I have made them and um, yeah, totally understandable, but following your tips for developing a strategy, we can stop doing that. So thank you again for being here.